Hello, listeners. Welcome to our second episode of Two Hearts in a Pod. Hello, everyone. Where Karen and Josie are making HR and accounting fun. We definitely want to welcome our very first special guest in the house today, Yami Sui of Sui CPA and Associates, because it's tax day. Woo-woo! Thank you, ladies. It's a pleasure being here. So um, I, I want to share with our listeners, Yami, if you don't mind, first, before you get started and talking about all of your numbers stuff, uh, how we first met. I, my website went live September 15th, 2020, and I showed up at Master Network's on September 16th in front of a room of complete strangers at the time. And here we are. I, I love you. I support you any way I can. And the friendship that we have made is more important than any business relationship. And, and, I, and I want you to know that for sure. Thank you. The feeling it's mutual. Yes, and I know that I introduced Jousey to you soon after I met you because I felt it was really a good connection for you too. So making connections, it's all about. Listen, no one likes to file their taxes, especially small business owners. (laughs) (laughs) So today, listeners... uh, Yami and primarily Jousey, I'm just going to put the jokes in every once in a while, is going to share the importance of reconciling monthly and having clean books. And so you need a good bookkeeper and a good accountant to work with together uh, that complement each other. So I, I will leave it to the two of you and I'll just intervene with my jokes <laughs> and share as a, how a small business owner myself is not very great about this myself. Listeners, I'm going to be very transparent. We are real people here, real business owners And we don't get it all right either, even though we're doing this podcast, just because we have no fair. Uh, (laughs) So let the leaders kind of share how we can get it better. I'm right there with you. So, Yami, tell us a little bit about you. Um, I'm originally from Cuba, came to the United States in 2000, and um, was a business owner for many years before I decided to become an accountant. So being on both sides of the tables, I feel like it brings a lot of, you know, like I can understand my clients better. I concentrate on small business owners. My practice primarily concentrates on helping a small business. And I say a small business, but I have quite a few of my business owners on a range of over the $20 million gross sales. Um, Still, you know, what I consider a small business is somebody that does not have like a board of directors in place that needs all the support that they can, that out of luck, out of um, a lot of effort, 
they have built this business because they are good at what they are, but they are on a point where they feel frustrated, they feel overwhelmed. Um, it is a very lonely place to be a business owner. So mm, I primarily get clients that are looking for that advisory services more than just the filing. Okay. And how exactly do you help them? Just advisory, HR? What is it that you do? I leave the HR to Karen. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, she does my HR on my business. Um, so, no, I try to create like a group of advisors around them, right? Uh, put the right team in place. I believe on the power of the advisors working together collectively for the client's goals. Um, I see it very often when clients come to me, they have a business lawyer, they have a financial advisor, they have a tax accountant. Sometimes they even had an audit team because, you know, they need bonding or other things. So they need to do audits over line of credits, who knows what. Um, then they have the insurance agent and all these people are giving their recommendations based on what they think it's best. No one is listening to the other side of the table, and that creates an atmosphere where the client is sitting and talking to all these different people, and everyone is giving them a different version of what they should be doing. Right. No one's closing the loop, and the business owner is going 100 million directions. Exactly. Being pulled in so many directions, you are like, okay, what the heck <laughs> is the right thing to do? Right. Um, trying to understand that, trying to fulfill that need, where we become the primary advisor. And we work with all the and other you ones. Everyone exactly. else. Exactly. Awesome. So we work with everyone else. And, you know, like we respect the relationships that the client already has, but we become somebody independent. We're not trying to sell you insurance. I don't have an insurance license. I cannot collect any fees for the insurance. So I want to make sure that the insurance person that you have, it's looking after you and your goals and the business goals. Because for this size of clients, business goals and personal goals are very intertwined, right? Most of my clients, their biggest retirement asset is their business. Right. So, you know, like we need to understand all that, work together collectively for the client. That is the primary goal of my practice. Okay. Good. So as a small business owner who only knows HR. <laughs> I understand what you're saying in the big picture. And this is something that we chatted about, Yami, is the important thing is to circle yourself and surround yourself with a team that you can trust. So for example, I trust Jousey when I send her a receipt, she's putting in the number. <laughs> as long as it's on the right back. <laughs> yes, that's correct. That's correct. You know her too well. <laughs> and that is like, that is an inner joke. She was just, she brought a receipt here and she put it on my back versus Josie back. That's, that's the joke. <laughs> Yes, that's right. I, I thought I was putting it in Jesse's uh, purse. Instead, I put it in Yami's purse. Well, you know, I brought the receipt. That was what's important. That's what's important yeah, lesson that's correct. here. Yes. <laughs> so my question is, when someone doesn't reconcile every month, 
how many extra hours is that when they are not organized with their stuff? Like that's going to cost a lot more, right? And specifically for tax preparation at the end of the year. Yeah. The most, the biggest cost, it's going to be opportunities. They're going to miss on opportunities. Um, for example, my, um, my packages, because I don't work like many other CPAs that work on an hourly fee. I, I create packages and the packages are flexible. Everyone says, okay, what is the minimum package? Okay, I need to understand what is you and then I'm going to create a package around you. It's not like I have a box package that fits everyone, right? But um, my minimum package, it's twice a year meetings. So I'm as required. If you are not a client that comes in the door and you're going to be willing to meet with me twice a year, then you're not going to get the best value out of your money. Um, You're going to pay a different fee because my fees are usually higher just because what I'm giving you out of that, you know, at at the service level. So why would you be paying me if you don't even want to see me, right? right? Just go to somebody else that does only tax preparation, compliance work. That's there's a lot of those. So um, they what com- happens in this meeting? Strategies, strategies around taxes yep. specifically, around a bunch of things, uh, budgeting, financial, taxes. We do consider: do we have a tax liability issue? Retirement planning. Um, it depends. It it can be. Currently, last week I was working with a client that has had a big issue with a very key position on his business. And we decided that we were going to participate on the interviewing process because we understand what the issue is. And the issue, it's not, he has a great company, very established, 25 years in the industry here in Naples. It's just about personalities and not hiring the right people that are going to work with you and your team on that key position. And we said, we need to see these people. There were two strong candidates. It was me and the other advisor because I do create a team. I don't work on any client by myself. And that, you know, like we identify one, it's not going to work. And when he sent the email saying, you know, like, um, I'm so sorry, like we have decided to move with the other candidates. That guy sent a nasty email back. And I'm like, well, that made that, you know. <laughs> the right hire is everything, listeners. Listen yeah. to that. It costs you more to hire someone that is not a good fit than to wait and hire someone that is actually a good fit for your company. Absolutely. So um, we we go through a lot of things on these meetings. Um However, for example, I have some other clients that they have decided they're going to take care of their own books. Usually, if I don't trust you, that would mean that we're going to see each other then quarterly just to make sure that I get a hold of it. Well, you know, business owners, something happens always. They're busy busy doing their busy work on their business every day, and most of them don't have time to do their bookkeeping. Exactly, and they need to understand that. What are you missing? It's not the cost. It's the opportunity cost out of it. So whatever. And we we partner with bookkeepers. Uh, we have some people in-house just because um, clients have been reaching, thinking that it's better to have, like, you know, a one-stop shop for everything. That was not my original plan. I don't enjoy doing bookkeeping. So I tried to, you know, like, I love this strategy. I love I everything. I love it. Else. So, <laughs> I um, don't. 
<laughs> so um, we 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 still see each other every quarter just to make sure. And the worst thing that can happen is that you're paying the quarterly fee because now I want to review those books. I want to make sure that everything has been allocated correctly. If revenue needs to be deferred, if expenses need to be categorized on the balance sheet for prepaid, I want to make sure that the numbers actually make sense for you for your business and for the industry, because there are very industry-specific stuff that needs to happen. And um, and the worst thing that can happen is, like, you come back to me and say, I'm not ready. And then you spent all that and money. And you haven't spent the money haven't... on me. And you and you to see each other, I have some other clients calling me and say, when are we going to meet? When are you going to have your books ready? Right. If you don't have the books ready, what are we going to do? See each other faces? Yeah. The other thing, the other thing is that I see that a lot of small business owners they try to do their books without actually understanding how to allocate those numbers. They just think that income goes in one category, expense goes in another, and that's all you have to do. I have seen many disasters. Many disasters. What's, what's your biggest one, Yami? What's your biggest disaster? Biggest oh. mistake? Biggest mistake? I would say. Um, I opened one of my clients' balance sheet, and all of a sudden, I see 10 different bank accounts from one year to the other. And this is back when we I was not practicing by my own, so I, it wasn't like a client of the type of client that I have now. And I'm like, okay, what's going on in here? How many bank accounts did you open in a year? Like, are you, what is this? And um, it was reporting around over a million dollar on cash and marketable securities. And it was because they were reconciling personal stuff inside of the business because they wanted to keep track. I'm like, you are opening yourself <laughs> to, to so a much big liability. liability here. What what are you doing? You know, And he had an accounting department in place and he had a bookkeeper. However, it's the same old story because some people, they just work on books on this company, they call themselves bookkeepers. bookkeepers that's correct. So it's it's always my biggest fear. That's why I do under, try to understand how it's that you do the daily. Even if you have, let's say you have, you have a, a staff accountants, then you have a, a controller and a CFO in place. I always come in, and everyone that I onboard, I learned the way that they are doing it, what it's working, and what it's not working. Because there it's turnover, and I want my clients to keep it consistent. And if the next person that comes on board, they're not going to do it their way. Unless they show me it's a better way. They're going to keep doing it the way that it's supposed to be doing, and they need to understand that, you know, you're going to come to this company, and, you know, you're not going to own these books. You're going to keep going the same way that we are doing. Because the worst that you can see, especially when you're reporting to IRS, it's inconsistencies on those books. Yeah. Big red flag. Do you have any advice for small business owners that don't have the money to hire a CPA or a tax accountant? What would you say to them to get ready for tax season? What is the biggest preparation that they should be doing? I think they should be getting their hands on some sort of worksheets, something that will guide them. Throughout the year, not at the time of tax season, right? Well, right. you recognize that you cannot afford uh, to have somebody helping you at this very moment, which I do believe that in many cases is a mistake, right? You should be concentrated on what you're doing best. 
And uh, there are people that are very inexpensive and they still do a decent work. Um, the issue sometimes is like clients don't know. They don't know when they're doing it right and when they're when not they're doing, doing it wrong. wrong. They don't know <laughs> what they don't know. Exactly. And yeah. that is, I feel that's how people take advantage of this profession. Like if you look at many other professions, if you are a lawyer, you cannot go and represent anyone in court if you don't have the education and the licenses for it. Well, it, pretty much anyone can represent you in front of uh not represent you because they actually cannot represent you, but they can do your taxes in front of the IRS. And you're still responsible. You're signing that return. And probably you're signing an engagement letter saying these numbers are your responsibility. That's correct. And a lot of people don't know that. They think that they go and they do their taxes with somebody, whoever they are, and that somebody looked at their numbers, approved everything, and that those numbers are spot on. And that they're not responsible just because someone else hit the submit button and send them to the IRS. I was having dinner yesterday with big contractor in town. And uh, and we were laughing at how we met each other. Um, they went to a bank to get a um, line of credit. And the bank told them, your taxes are incorrect. And you need to see Yami. And uh, <laughs> so that's awesome. They came my way and they have been doing their taxes for forever long with this guy that called himself doctor. Hmm. And I was like, doctor of what? Because <laughs> doctor of taxes, he's surely not. <laughs> I'm like, doctor of what? Then we figured it out that, you know, he was like a minister and somehow there is some sort of like education that you can become a doctor on religion. I don't know, very deceiving. And you are like, oh, okay. Then recently I saw another person that I, one of his clients, past clients became my client because they were going through an audit. And the auditor broke his, they shouldn't, he shouldn't have done that. You cannot do that as an auditor, but the auditor felt so bad for the guy that said, go and see Yami. Don't tell anyone that. <laughs> I told you that, but go on and do that. And it, it was it was a bad. He was being audited. His um, tax liability for that audit was close to $50,000. We were wow. able to bring it down to $5,000 just by presenting wow. the good. correct records and making sure that everything that we that we communicated effectively with the auditor. And, and this guy, I just saw it on Facebook that he won an award. Oh, my God. So clients don't know, right? And and I see it all the time. Clients come to my, uh, client this week came to my office and said, oh, he's, this CPA, it's not a bad person. And this is a CPA. I'm not talking about somebody unlicensed and da-da-da, to my point. Um, he's not a bad person, but he doesn't respond. And he doesn't, you know, the, the personality, because we don't have a great personality. I have, like, <laughs> I was a business owner going for me before I was an accountant, but uh, personality, not a good match. And I look at the tax return and they were missing QBI, which is a 20% deduction on that tax return. I'm like, you don't know. You don't know when you're looking at these returns, if somebody's really you know, paying attention, doing it correctly, and you are responsible and you're paying the price. So yeah. being organized, making sure that your books look correct, get a whole of like worksheets that tells you what most business owners are taking as expenses that can give you a good idea of what you should be keeping as receipts 
and uh, put it together for the end of the year. I also would say every small business owner should ask questions to everyone. They don't know what they don't know. Ask, 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 and educate yourself. And Yami, the word sheet that you're referring to, that's something that we can attach to this podcast? To I, I gave you one for some Yes, before, yes. There are many versions out there. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Thank you for, for sharing that with our listeners today. We appreciate it. Uh, any last comments you'd like to share? Well, um, end of tax season is always exciting. I hope that it was not a terrible experience for new business owners. I know it's terrifying, but just find somebody that you trust and that you connect. Very important. Make sure that this person is taking the time to listen and to earn your business. That's very good advice. Very excellent. Yami, oh my gosh, I love you, girl. If you would like to reach out to Yami with any questions, her information is in our summary for this podcast, and please reach out to Yami. So we are so excited for next week's topic. Uh, it is a couple things. It's Earth Day. We're getting close to Administrative Professionals Day at the end of the month on April 27th. Please don't forget about your people. They are your biggest asset people. All right, so Josie, before we end the show, thank you again so much, Yami. Such a wealth of information. We want to wish everyone a good Friday, a happy Easter, a happy Passover, yes. whatever happy you all. Easter, whatever you celebrate. Whatever you happy. celebrate. Yes, happy, happy. That's the important. <laughs> we want you happy. Josie. But I do have to say that tomorrow... It's Husband's Appreciation Day. I wanted to remind you. (laughs) So thank you, thank you, thank you to my wonderful husband for always believing in me and supporting me in everything I do. And to all the wonderful husbands out there that support and cherish their wives and their family. Yes. I mean, and you have a good one. Frank is awesome. (laughs) We were at the Estero Fest a couple weekends ago and... He was a rock star helping us stay cool. Try to anyways. But don't worry, ladies. Wife's Appreciation Day is coming in September. (laughs) So we are excited for next week's topic where we talk about Earth Day and our environment. And trust me, we will share how it um, coincides with HR and accounting. So thank you for joining Two Hearts in a Pod, where we make HR and accounting fun. fun. Crush your week, everyone. Have a great one, everyone.